victors and the losers from the NFL draft. All 32 teams in just 20 minutes. Let's hop into it. Let's start in the AFC East with Buffalo. You fellas out there. So James Cook is the biggest winner here. James Cook goes in the second round. It's a big takeaway for me. If you want to look at what the depth chart for Buffalo looks like, they're running backs. You have Devin Singletary right now in a contract year. That's not great for him. James Cook likely profiles out right away to be the RB2. I mean, Zach Moss was inactive a lot last year. It kind of just makes the signing of Duke Johnson not look all that great. And then it's hard not to say Gabriel Davis isn't a winner. All they do is go out there and draft in the fifth round. They end up picking up a wide receiver who's actually a pretty solid one, Khalil Shakur, especially for the draft capital. But that's no threat to Gabriel Davis on the outside, who's already has, what, 18 touchdowns in two years on limited snaps with the Bills. So that looks like the biggest winners here overall, with the loser being Devin Singletary. Now you can slide over to Miami, and there's really just one takeaway here. They only had two draft picks spent on the offensive side of the ball, one being a seventh-round quarterback, so not much there, a fourth-round wide receiver. But the biggest takeaway for me is something that I tweeted about recently, which is that, look, they had three draft picks. They didn't take any running back. So Chase Edmonds, who's making two times more than anybody else on that roster, is by far the biggest winner here. His biggest competition is a 30-year-old Raheem Ostart coming off of injuries who's missed 73% of his games the last two years. Biggest winner here... I mean, you could say maybe two or two a little bit when you factor in free agency, but for the draft, it's Chase Edmonds. The Patriots spent seven draft picks on the offensive side of the ball, and I mean, we could start up top with Tyquan Thornton. I think that he's going to end up being a winner. He ran the fastest 40 time of any wide receiver taken, and look, the second round draft pack capital is going to help him. He'll definitely be in a rotation. It's still Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker being the top two receivers, but then expect the rotation of Kendrick Bourne in the slot. You can expect Nelson Aguilar to be on the outside, who's missed some time with injury. I think there'll be a specific patch, uh, package for Thornton, which probably doesn't mean he's fantasy relevant right away, but second round capital is something to look at. And then the Patriots just keep spending picks on running backs. They add some offensive linemen. It's clear they still want to run the ball, but then they keep getting running backs out there and they already have a lot. They take Pierre Strong. They take Kevin Harris, who's basically a spitting image, in my opinion, of Damian Harris, just likely a lot worse. So they have legitimately now like seven running backs on this team that have a solid skill set, maybe even eight with Divine Azigbo, who have their own interesting skill set. So who knows what to do with this backfield? All it tells me is that they're not invested in Damian Harris with this much uh, talent after this year to give him another contract. And another point on Thornton, the wide receiver, is if you're going to go run heavy, you have to go play action passing. And a guy who is going to have some big plays off of play action passing is someone who could beat the defenders deep. The Jets ended up really helping out Zach Wilson, who I think is a big winner here. They get Garrett Wilson, arguably the best receiver. A Stefan Diggs type of a mold can win everywhere, not elite anywhere. They get Brees Hall, the best running back in the draft. And then they get Jeremy Ruckert in the third round, who is arguably a top three tight end in this draft class. And as player profiler suggests here, Garrett Wilson right away is likely the wide receiver one on this team so that's going to help him likely hurts Corey Davis although his role on the outside isn't as affected by as much by Garrett Wilson or even Elijah Moore who's already there so their three wide receiver sets look good and then Brees Hall yeah the biggest loser here is going to be Michael Carter Michael Carter was a fourth round draft pick last year he's likely hanging on for let's just say backup running back duties third down back duties if anything because Brees Hall is by far and away if this was six seven years ago Brees Hall is likely a top 10 to 15 pick in the NFL draft to the NFC East the Dallas Cowboys not a lot to take away here they add some offensive line help in the first round of the draft with Tyler Smith but other than that you're looking at CeeDee Lamb likely seeing more slot usage because Jalen Tolbert a third round wide receiver is mainly an outside weapon likely competes with James Washington for wide receiver three snaps the Eagles don't do much in the draft adding a second round center to eventually take over for that team but they add AJ Brown via trade it's pretty clear that he's an upgrade on this team from let's say Jalen Rager so yes to me the biggest quarterback winner of the draft is a Jalen Hurts because he gets AJ Brown
round. The Giants had a solid draft on both sides of the ball. They get a cornerstone tackle that's going to help Daniel Jones. And honestly, Saquon Barkley is a quiet winner here because they don't add any running back depth. And Matt Breida is his only backup running back. And I would say that very quietly as well, the wide receivers win. The Giants add Wandale Robinson, who's most likely to profile out as a slot receiver, maybe a gadget type of player. Honestly, like a, a worse version of Kadarius Toney. So I think a quiet winner is Kenny Galladay, who dealt with injuries all year last year. Nobody on this team fits his red zone type of outside clasher build, even if you go, let's say, five or six guys down. Maybe Darius Slayton does, but last year you saw Galladay run pretty clear ahead of him when healthy. So I think Kenny Galladay is a quiet winner here. The Commanders do a good amount on their side of the ball on offense. Jahan Dotson goes in the top 15 picks, which is likely going to help Terry McLaurin not see as many safeties over top. Also, Dotson should go into the slot right away for this team. And then in terms of the running game, they add Brian Robinson in the third round, spend decent draft capital on him out of Alabama, and he's like a legit NFL running back, right? Not Antonio Gibson, who has turned into a really good running back, but legit early down can break tackles running back. So now Gibson's role looks really scary. They re-signed JD McKissick after Buffalo tried to steal him. So the passing game role isn't there for Gibson. And now you get this bigger back in Brian Robinson for maybe stealing some early down usage, maybe stealing some red zone usage. Gets a little bit shaky. I think a quiet loser here is going to be Antonio Gibson while the wide receivers win. The Texans do a lot on offense. They get a first round offensive guard who's a nasty dude, especially in the run blocking. John Metchie in the second doesn't really threaten Brandon Cooks or even Nico Collins. So both of those guys win. Damian Pierce in the fourth is the big one. I put a tweet out about this, but Damian Pierce gets fourth round draft capital. Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead are veterans on the team, but neither of them are making money. Rex Burkhead's actually making 30% more than the newly signed Marlon Mack. So there's a decent chance that Damian Pierce, the bigger, stronger Marlon Mack is how he profiles out about 15 pounds bigger, can be the RB1 on this team pretty quickly. And if you want free rankings for best ball drafts or mock drafts right now, I have them down below in Discord. I am personally using those and I keep them updated. So you can check them out down below in Discord. Totally free. You don't have to pay for no draft guide. They're free this year. Indy doesn't have a first round pick and they spend the second round pick on a guy who I think is really good. I think he's the biggest winner here. Second round pick, Alec Pierce on the outside has a lot of athleticism out of Cincinnati. I think he's going to be a solid weapon for Matt Ryan. But other than that, maybe Naeem Himes is a silent winner without any running backs taken, but we kind of expected that. They don't really spend any significant draft capital on anybody. Michael Pittman is still the wide receiver one out there. Pierce adds some depth for their offense for Matt Ryan, but nobody really loses. I think everybody slightly wins. Same thing in Jacksonville. They don't have a first or second round pick, so they pick a center in the third, a fifth round running back, and a sixth round tight end. Hard for any of those guys to really make an immediate impact. I would say the biggest winner because of this is going to be Travis Etienne. We know that we already have James Robinson injured from last year. Snoop Connor's a dude that's probably fighting for, honestly, a roster spot more so than the running back one touches from Etienne. So Travis Etienne should be the guy here. No wide receivers selected, but there was a bunch added in free agency, so those guys just have secure roles. The Titans are interesting. I would say Ryan Tannehill dynasty value maybe drops a hit with them selecting Malik Willis in the third round. He falls all the way to the third. And then Traylon Burks. Look, they trade away A.J. Brown, which also hurts right away Ryan Tannehill's current value. But Traylon Burks is going to come in and be the A.J. Brown. I agree with player profiles depth chart here. He profiles out as the wide receiver one. This is going to be a team that still wants to run the ball through Derrick Henry and go play action passing. The big plays come off of play action. They're going to go to the faster, bigger receiver in Traylon Burks, more likely than a Nick Westbrook or a Robert Woods. And honestly, after Robert Woods, who's older, coming off of injury, this team has no wide receivers. Des Fitzpatrick, who's a second-year player, didn't do much last year. Kyle Phillips, a later-round rookie. Racy McMath, who's nothing. So it's really Traylon Burks opportunity for a 25-plus percent target share. And very quietly, the fourth-round pick spent on Hassan Haskins. He's likely the running back two right away. He fits the mold out of Michigan as this guy who can carry a workload if Derrick Henry was to see injuries yet again or just less carries than he has in the past since he was injured last year. For the Panthers, not a ton of fantasy impact. Iki Akangwu is interesting for the running game, but we already know it's McCaffrey's backfield. They select a third-round quarterback who maybe gives Sam Darnold a little bit of a run for his money, but the biggest thing, honestly, might be Tommy Trenbull coming into his second year as tight end is going to be the clear tight end here with no tight ends taken. I think there's two pretty clear 
clear winners here in Tampa Bay. And we could start with Rashad White, who had a 19% target share. He led all these running backs, likely the best pass catching back coming out. And now he's paired up with Tom Brady. So he could have a role right away. And even Leonard Fournette, who's definitely in front of him, has missed 20% of his games the last couple of years. So the third round pick, White, is immediately fantasy relevant. And then in terms of wide receivers, they didn't select any. So yeah, Mike Evans is going to be the wide receiver one. Chris Godwin is injured. So the wide receiver two, this shows confidence in Russell Gage that they believe he can carry that load for maybe four, five, six weeks of the season and then have a significant role as the wide receiver three. Looks even better if Rob Gronkowski doesn't come back because then there's not much competition here. For the Falcons, an obvious winner is Drake London as they don't have many wide receivers. They lose Russell Gage. They don't have Calvin Ridley suspended for the year. So a top 10 pick on him. He could push a 25% target share as a rookie, only battling really with Kyle Pitts. But the other big winner here is going to be the biggest winner, in my opinion. And I put out a tweet about Mr. Cordell Patterson. On Monday after the draft, they released Mike Davis. So their fifth round selection on Tyler Algier, he was decent. He was solid in college production-wise at a smaller school. But it is the Cordell Patterson show who had over 1,100 yards last year, more than DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. His only backup is 30-year-old Damian Williams. I'm not concerned about this. This is the biggest winner on one of the biggest winners in the entire draft and definitely on this team, Cordell Patterson. And for the Saints, you can see they spend two first-round picks. They do a little bit of trading with the Eagles before the draft. And during the draft, they trade up to get Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. They replace Teren Arnstead with Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle in the first round. To me, the biggest winner here is Jameis Winston, who gets offensive line help, and now he has three weapons, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave, which is really something that Drew Brees never had there. And if you were to hop in the free Discord to get the free rankings down below right here, you would see that I'm actually a little bit higher on Jameis Winston than a lot of people because of that reason. One of the most efficient passers last year, this is where you'll find it in the free fantasy rankings channel in the Discord. There's definitely some draft winners on the Chargers. I mean, Justin Herbert to start by getting even more help on what was already an improved offensive line from last year with Zion Johnson in the first round. And in my opinion, the biggest winner, wide receiver Josh Palmer. The Chargers were rumored to take a wide receiver in the first round. They don't take one. They ensure the offensive line. So they have an aging Keenan Allen. They have Mike Williams, who I think is a very strong option to finish as arguably a top 10 wide receiver this year. Jalen Guyton's a cut candidate, not much money left and hasn't been productive. And then you have Josh Palmer, who when he filled in for Keenan Allen last year was good, had a connection with Justin Herbert. So I think Palmer, who can enter three wide receiver sets here for one of the best passing offenses in the league is by far the biggest winner and then the team does draft Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round who was not a good athletic testing running back so I'm not even sure this really matters definitely doesn't hurt Austin Eckler but it might not even hurt Josh Kelly none of these backup running backs threaten Eckler Larry Roundtree drafted last year basically now is might even be a cut candidate I would say that the RB2 some people will say it's immediately Isaiah Spiller I don't know I think it's probably a split with him and Josh Kelly just meaning that Austin Eckler is definitely a secure top five overall pick for us the Raiders trading for Devonta Adams didn't have any early round picks I would say that the only really thing here they did was bolster the offensive line later on and they end up drafting Zamir White out of Georgia in the fourth round dealt with some ACL injuries and some knee injuries in college I personally don't think it's any threat to Josh Jacobs who I think is going to be in for a really big role this year I think if anything the Zamir White trade or the Zamir White draft pick is just going to hurt Kenyon Drake's upside who's coming back from injury similar to the Raiders the Broncos don't really have any early picks since they traded for Russell Wilson so they drafted a fifth round wide receiver who's going to be behind like four dudes even KJ Hamler Tim Patrick and then obviously a Sutton and Jerry Judy so that's not really much to talk about there Greg Dolchich is interesting for dynasty reasons I think he could be involved in this offense maybe running two tight end sets at some point but for right now there's not much here but there is some definite impacts from the Kansas City Chiefs who get Sky Moore a potential first round wide receiver later in the second round and immediately Sky Moore could be the wide receiver one on this team like Juju is going to be in the slot Sky Moore can operate on the outside and in the slot he's likely a better wide receiver already versatility and talent wise than a Juju Smith-Schuster sure MVS is out there but after that there's not much there's Corey Coleman who's not much to write home about there there is McCole Harmon who hasn't done much as a second round pick so I think Sky Moore is probably the best wide receiver on this team and then in terms of running backs
backs, I think all these guys win. You have Isaiah Pichetto going in the seventh round. He won't be an immediate impact, but maybe, just maybe, on a team that doesn't have any secure running backs, he could eventually be something for your dynasty teams or your taxi squads. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire survives the draft. They bring in Ronald Jones, who's not going to be that much of a concern, especially in the passing game. So it looks like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a secure role in the passing game and one of the best passing offenses. To the NFC West, we go with the Arizona Cardinals, and the biggest winner here, pretty easily for me, is going to be James Conner. You can see my tweet right here. James Conner survives the draft. They take a six-round running back who's not all that exciting, and he's not going to be a threat in my opinion. And he's paid five times more than anybody else on the roster after they chose Connor over Chase Edmonds in free agency. So this is a big win for James Connor. And then the trade for Hollywood Brown, I think, is going to hurt Rondell Moore. I think you're going to be seeing DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green on the outside. Watch the suspension for Hopkins is over with Marquise Brown in the slot, where he operated a lot more last year and actually succeeded a good amount, which again hurts Rondell Moore. After Christian Kirk left, maybe you see him in the slot a lot more. Probably going to have a similar role to last year in my opinion and then a final note is Zach Ertz is definitely going to be the main guy here in my opinion especially when Hopkins is out but they did take Trey McBride the first tight end off the board they have Max Williams returning from injury who was good early on last year so maybe some sort of three-headed uh tight end room is emerging here at least for the long term the short term I think it's Zach Ertz's job the Rams have traded away a lot of draft picks for a bunch of different guys like Allen Robinson and players and defensive players of course this offseason included so they don't have many draft picks here I don't really think there's much of a, a winner or a loser here the only thing I would point out is that they drafted Kyron Williams in the fifth round he had a really bad 40 time really bad athletic testing after maybe being a top three running back in this draft but the main thing to point out there is they just keep drafting running backs every single draft they keep drafting running backs for like the last five years showing that they're really not stuck long term on anybody including Cam Akers and then maybe a very quiet winner would be Tyler Higby. they don't add any tight end depth and after that it's just Blanton and Bryson Hopkins so Higby should be in line for a pretty decent role and for the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll it's evident that they still want to run the ball they get Charles Cross with a top 10 pick he's solid that's good they get a third round offensive tackle they add Kenneth Walker maybe the best pure runner in this class they re-sign Rashad Penny in free agency so look they're ready to run the ball which benefits all the running backs but which one specifically well Chris Carson the fact that they drafted Kenneth Walker Chris Carson's neck injury seems to probably be more serious than we originally thought so he might even not play for this team maybe retires maybe a very limited role they re-sign Rashad Penny but a second round pick on the better player in Kenneth Walker I'm not sure they thought he would be there tells me that he's likely the running back one a on this team and maybe a split backfield which does not seem appealing for fantasy for the 49ers the main thing that stands out to me is that Danny Gray in the third round could be a pretty decent winner and he fits a role for this offense speed he ran at two percent top two percent of all time 40 time with a 4-3-3 speed there's the obvious rumors that Debo Samuel maybe by the time you're watching this will leave the team which only helps Danny Gray even more who has better speed way better speed than Jawan Jennings better speed than Brandon Ayuk he has the best deep speed on this team if you're going to go out there with the big arm of Trey Lance this year yeah Danny Gray is already going to be involved in probably three wide receiver sets a good amount if Debo Samuel leaves he's probably going to be involved in almost all of the three wide receiver sets if you're enjoying this content and want to see the other divisions and even more football content be sure to hit and smack subscribe button that one actually kind of hurt to the AFC North you go to the Cincinnati Bengals where they just have a fourth round pick on offense they load up the defense they added everything they needed to in free agency we know their three wide receiver sets it's good to see they don't take a running back because you feel even more secure about mixing as we would expect so not much takeaways here but there's some definite takeaways for the Browns the big one being their first pick with on offense in the third round David Bell I think David Bell could have been a second round pick and there's not much competition yeah Amari Cooper's there which this definitely helps Amari Cooper that they didn't take a receiver with an earlier pick but Amari Cooper's a slight win here but then David Bell there's no saying he can't beat out Donovan Peoples-Jones he has better draft capital and then wide receiver four in the team Anthony Schwartz is basically just a, a deep burner the wide receiver five and six I mean Demetric Felton is a running back hybrid Mike Woods was a six-round pick this year and then Jakeem Grant is really just a special teams gadget type of a guy maybe a slot receiver so David Bell is 
pretty set up right now to be on the outside and operate in the slot a decent amount in three wide receiver sets. They take Jerome Ford in the fourth round, who right now is not going to be anybody to worry about. He's the running back four in this team. But Kareem Hunt and Ernest Johnson at the end of this year are free agents. If they were to walk, Jerome Ford, who was solid for Cincinnati, who made the college football playoff, could maybe see RB2 usage as soon as next year. The Steelers add a lot of offensive weapons. They start with the first round pick and the only first round quarterback, Kenny Pickett. They add a second and fourth round wide receiver, both of which I like these guys a whole lot. George Pickens, who dominated the SEC as a true freshman. Calvin Austin, who had a ton of production at Memphis, a smaller receiver, but had amazing athletic testing. And right away, George Pickens should operate in three wide receiver sets, maybe even can take over for Chase Claypool, right? He can operate on the outside. He could operate in the slot, George Pickens. Calvin Austin is going to replace Ray Ray McLeod, but be the upgraded version of Ray Ray McLeod, especially on plays where Deontay Johnson is out of the slot and operating as an outside wide receiver. So I think this is really good. I think all of this is going to help whoever is the starting quarterback. So maybe it's Kenny Pickett who can start right away, or maybe it's Mitch Trubisky who wins Mount. Whoever it is, they now have three or four wide receivers deep. They have a pretty clear pass catching running back in Najee Harris. They didn't add any running backs, as you would expect, but no competition at all for Najee Harris, who's a pretty locked-in top 10 fantasy pick this year, just because of how many opportunities he's going to see. The Ravens increased their running game by adding a couple of tight ends, adding a couple of offensive linemen, including the best center in the draft in Tyler Linderbaum, and then they add a six-round running back, who I really like in Tyler Batty, but what this tells me is that it's wheels up and thumbs up for their current running backs. And those would be guys coming off of injury in J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, so I think it looks good for them, as this team pretty clearly wants to continue to run the ball, but the biggest winner of the entire thing is going to be Rashad Bateman and these other wide receivers because and Mark Andrews to an extent Hollywood Brown was traded so Rashad Bateman who was a rookie good last year after dealing with injury early on he's going to come in and likely see a wide receiver one opportunity share 25% targets or so and then Devin Duvernay who actually made the Pro Bowl last year as a special teams player and James Prochet second round player Tylen Wallace all these other wide receivers especially Duvernay are going to be right in line for some usage the problem is how much volume because it's a running attack I probably only want Mark Andrews the running backs and Bateman here with a little bit of Devin Duvernay as a later round pick. In the NFC North, there's really only one massive change for fantasy, and that's that the Lions traded up to get Jamison Williams with their first round pick. Williams should be the team's wide receiver one, but he's not going to start the season right away. So that's going to help some of these other guys. But this pick is going to hurt definitely Josh Reynolds, who's now out of three wide receiver sets, and DJ Shark, who looked like the number one outside weapon, and he might be for the beginning of the season. But when Williams returns, it's going to be him. The other quiet winner here is definitely going to be one Jared Goff because he adds a Jamison Williams, potentially the best wide receiver in this draft class. One of the biggest winners in the entire draft goes to Chicago and that is Darnell Mooney I put a tweet out here Mooney last year with Allen Robinson in this offense saw a 27% target share top 10 in the NFL higher than Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs all they did was lose Allen Robinson and add a third rounder Velas Jones who never topped 300 yards until his sixth I thought it was fifth at first sixth college season this is the current competition in Chicago for Darnell Mooney Byron Pringle as a wide receiver too he was basically a wide receiver four for the Chiefs St. Brown for the Packers who was like not even in their rotation and then David Moore who's bounced around a bunch of teams three teams in total last year alone so Mooney has to be a massive winner while a loser there because there was no competition or really talent added a loser there is going to have to be in my opinion Justin Fields we can also mark down Cole Komet as a slight winner who should see even more usage out of the slot this year after looking really good double the production in his second year last year the tight end Cole Komet the Vikings filled their biggest needs on defense adding a couple of defensive backs who were great picks but for the most part a fifth round running back's not going to threaten anybody there some offensive lineman is a nice to see a sixth round receiver in Jalen Naylor is a, is a nice pick but overall not going to be a threat so to me the pretty obvious winner is Adam Thielen the aging veteran he's definitely still going to be on the field has that connection especially in the red zone with Kirk Cousins and then KJ Osborne and their their rookie pick last year Amir Smith-Marset these guys have secure roles in three wide receiver sets this Packers offense is going to look completely
completely different. They add second round receiver Christian Watson and fourth round receiver also. They had three with a seventh round one as well. Three total receivers, the fourth round one being Romeo Dobbs, who honestly, the biggest winners here for sure, definitely Christian Watson, but also Romeo Dobbs. Because this is the Packers wide receiver depth chart right now. Alan Lazard, who's mainly a run blocker for them. Yeah, he's a bigger body, but he profiles out honestly as more of a tight end. You have Christian Watson, who has the best chance of being the wide receiver one. Sammy Watkins, who can't stay healthy and is getting older. Randall Cobb, who's really a red zone option, maybe plays 15, 20% of the snaps there to keep Aaron Rodgers company, if anything. Amari Rodgers, a second round player last year, who's kind of going to split the role with Randall Cobb in the slot. But I'd even expect Sammy Watkins to play that over them. I think Romeo Dobbs has a legit chance, doesn't have speed, but back-to-back thousand yard receiving seasons to end his career. I think he has a legit chance to be an outside receiver. There might be legit times when you see Christian Watson on the outside with Romeo Dobbs and an Alan Lazard or Sammy Watkins in the slot. Now, that doesn't mean to spend significant draft capital on him, but as an 18th round or even 20th round draft pick, depending on the format you're playing, it's not a bad idea for a pretty open wide receiver core where there's not one true wide receiver one yet. Now, this is how the NFL draft impacted fantasy football. And if you want to see how I recently drafted with all this information using my rankings free in the Discord below, you can check out this video right here.